Welcome to God Signs with J.R. Bucklew, the President and CEO of the Deaf Bible Society of Arlington, Texas. I'm Marshall Lawrence, and I think you're in for a treat today because J.R. is about to invite us into an important part of his personal journey in a land far away from here where he spent time with some special people in a country and a culture far different from the one he grew up in. He found the entire experience enlightening and transformative for him. I suspect you'll find it enlightening too. So let's get right to it. JR, take us someplace special. Well, our scripture today, I want to take from Psalm chapter 84. This verse um, that I'm going to read is is one that, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about life verses or their verse and I don't know about all that, but if I had a verse that had particular significance for me, it's Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord your God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I mean... This verse was particularly significant in my life, especially back when I lived in Ethiopia. Um, If you've heard me talk before about my story, when I first got into really full-time ministry, uh, it's when I moved to Ethiopia. I was living in a northern region called Tigray. My first, my first trip to um, this region, I only stayed for a few months. I was there visiting a missionary that was working with the deaf. And that was really my first exposure to Africa. I had never been anywhere else. Um, and before I got to Tigray, I have to tell you this uh, story. Uh, I landed at the Addis Ababa, the capital city uh, airport, it was a Tuesday night. I want to say I probably landed around 11.50 and then, of course, taxiing and getting baggage and going through customs, immigration, all that. I didn't get out till after midnight. I meet a friend um, who introduces me to an Ethiopian church planting pastor. Uh, we get to his house and I get in his little guest room and try to get some sleep because come 6 o'clock in the morning, there's going to be a knock on the door and it was going to be time to head out to a village. Didn't really have a whole lot of time to get over any kind of jet lag. Well, we get up that morning. I take my warm water bucket shower. And uh, we get on a bus. And we're headed out out of the city. And it was probably a couple hours drive uh, out of the city. And then you turn off of the asphalt. And you go for another hour or so. And you reach a little town. We reached a little village called Busa. And in Busa... Uh, It was really just the tea stop. We were going to get some tea, have a little bit of breakfast, and then catch a gari. A gari uh, would have been a horse cart. Just a horse and buggy kind of thing. Nothing special. Um, But it was time to get on this gari, this horse and buggy, and ride for about another hour out to the village of Maquette. Now... That was a long... I mean, this was an experience that I was not expecting. Uh, We've left the asphalt. We've now left the last town with any kind of electricity or power. 
uh, and we're on a horse cart. We're headed to a village. I've never been to Africa. And we get there. People don't know who I am for nothing. And we have a worship service, and we're sitting in a circle. And this experience for me was huge because it's it's part of the journey that I've been on. Um, you know, as a child of deaf adults, I reached a point in my life where I kind of got really frustrated with deaf people. I was really tired of being caught between these two worlds, the deaf world, the hearing world. I mean, I just wanted a normal life. And it was like the Lord said, no, Jr. I have purpose. I have purpose in where I place people. I have purpose in the things they go through because I'm refining you to be part of a greater mission, to be part of a greater plan than you can imagine. And so all my life, I've never really looked for deaf people. I've just sort of come across them, or they come across me, or we just run into each other. It's like the Lord continues to put them in front of me. And this was a, an example of a situation where I wasn't looking for anyone. I was just, I'd been in country for seven, eight hours. Uh, I'm jet lagged. I, I've never been to Africa. I've uh, never been to Ethiopia. I don't know the spoken language. I learned one word in Amharic, and it's how to say thank you. But that didn't help because the horse and buggy took us into a different region where they spoke a different language. So I didn't know anything. I was just there to tag along with my friend before I moved up north. And as we're sitting there, there began to be a big commotion outside. And there were a bunch of people. And I didn't really know what was going on, so I asked uh, my, my, my friend Nagash. I said, Nagash, uh, what's going on? It sounded like people were upset. And he said, well, there's a guy who's come, and he's brought his son He's from a village about an hour or so away. And see, by this time, we had been in this little village for several hours, preaching, teaching, working with the local pastors, and we've had a full day. Well, this guy's walked several hours because he heard there was an American here, or really, he heard uh, the word he used was Ferengi, so like a, a white foreigner. This guy has come, and he says, no one else has been able to help me with my son, who is now, the son was probably uh, 16, 17 years old, almost in his 20s. Um, no one has been able to help me with my son. And I heard this Ferengi, this foreigner, was here. And all I could think was, maybe he can help. And so we've come here. I say, well, what's the problem with your son? Well, he's deaf. And I remember thinking, do you guys know this man and his son? And the people in this village had no idea who this man was. But he came, and I have, I'm not the first foreigner that's been there with Nagash. But all of a sudden this time, here he comes with his deaf son. And I think, what am I, what am I, what could I possibly do to help him? And the only thing I felt like I could do was just encourage him. God has a purpose in his son's deafness. God has a purpose not only in his son's life for his son, but in his life as the father of this son. God has a plan to do something great because he is a sun and shield. The Lord gives favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. This was huge. I thought, well, if the only thing I can do is encourage him that God has purpose in this, 
at least he won't feel like this is something to be regretful of, to be frustrated with. Because as I learned living in Ethiopia and visiting other parts of Africa, and not only in Africa, in many nations around the world, the deaf are, are oppressed, are marginalized, are pushed out from communities. I mean, we're talking about societies where everything is spiritual, not like the one we live in, where everything's of our own doing and everything's, you know, there's some sort, something scientific to justify everything. There, everything is spiritual. It's either good or bad. It's holy or it's evil. It's a spirit, everything's a result of something spiritual. And especially in Ethiopia, where the Ethiopian Orthodox Church is uh, very strong in the north, uh, so if you had a deaf child, well, you either did some kind of great sin and God has cursed your family, or that child is possessed by an evil spirit, a demon. A demon has caused this child to be deaf. And we know that usually, I mean, that, that's, not, that's not the case. We see in Scripture when people come to Jesus, this blind, what sin has caused this to happen? What sin of his parents? What sin? And Jesus says, no, it wasn't that. There wasn't a particular sin to cause this deafness. Now, we could argue uh, sin nature, the fallenness of mankind, that things are a bit broken, aren't they? After that first bite of the fruit and we we're cast out of the garden, the world is broken. But that's the beauty of the gospel. The gospel is restoration. The gospel is redemption. The gospel connects and brings back together and fixes what is broken. That's what the deaf need is you are broken. And it has little to do with your ears, nothing to do with your ears. It has to do with your heart. Your heart is what has to be fixed. So I continued on my journey. I moved, I, well, I went to visit up north in Tigray. Um, and as I was there, I started to have an experience. I mean, it was amazing. Meeting with deaf people, we had a, a coffee ceremony that we would hold every Saturday. And we would have anywhere from 70 to 120 deaf people show up every week and have coffee. And I said, well, let's start telling stories. And I'd tell a story and do a dramatization. And they'd say, man, what is that story from? And say, well, actually, it's from the Gospel of Luke or the Gospel of John. Uh, but we would just start telling Bible stories. And they were engaged. And we were having discussion because, as I said, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church was very strong in the region where I lived. But for the deaf, they had no way to access the teaching. Even there, even, even the hearing community struggled to access scripture, as the priests often taught from a language called Gez, an older uh, Ethiopian language that's not used by the people anymore, but it's the official language of the church. So they read from the Gez Bible, and that's about it. But there's conversation and teaching that takes place among the hearing people, that did not take place among the deaf. And so they would say, is that what happened? Is that what the Bible says? Is that what's going on there? We never knew this. 
We had no idea. I remember one day uh, we were returning from the village and we got a phone call from a friend in the city. And this friend, um, she she knew who we were, knew we worked with the deaf and uh, had didn't know who else to call. She was a widow. She had two or three daughters herself that lived with her. And while they were at the local hospital, they had taken somebody in to, to get some medical treatment. They saw something happening with this girl and what seemed to be her mother or her guardian. Well, it turned out this girl was deaf and there was an argument taking place and so on. And uh, The long story short is she's able to take this girl back to her home. To which I'm asking her, well, why, why did you take her home? What was, what, what was going on? Well, this deaf girl, who was about 12, 13 years old, was from the village. And again, like I said, where most people there, when they have a child that's deaf, they would say, the community would tell the parents, they're either possessed by some evil spirit, or this is a curse. So you either get rid of this child or you hide the child. I mean, that's the only choices you're left with because community is vital in this part of the world. So they kept their daughter for a number of years but had no awareness that Ethiopian Sign Language was even a thing, had no idea that their daughter could actually be taught, could learn, could become someone special. If you remember several... Uh, several weeks ago, we had the opportunity to talk with Marshall about his experience with his daughter. And the school said, well, Mr. Lawrence, what do you want? What do you want for us? And he said, I, teach her how to be deaf. Teach her how to become a successful deaf person. A deaf person who can engage with the word, who can engage with society, who can live a good life. When most of the time we, we, we really resort to not wanting that. We said, we, no, how do we make them become hearing? And in that journey, you have experiences like my father where he says, you know, they took me out of all of these important classes to get me to learn how to speak correctly, speech therapy, and now I can communicate okay verbally, but I don't know anything to communicate. He said, I wish they'd at least left me in class where I could have learned something of substance so I could have been a successful deaf person. And so for this little girl from the village, their parents had no clue that that's even a thing, that that was even a, a, a dream to reach for. It was just, we have a new burden on our home, and society says get rid of it. Well, one day, they met some people from the city, and um, they made a, a, a trade. They traded their daughter to this family for, I think it was an ox and a donkey. Um, because, you know, here, here's, here's the reality for them. The ox and the donkey can help them in their farming, can produce income for the family, can produce revenue for the community. It's easier for them to get along in community like this. Their daughter couldn't. They didn't understand what was wrong with their daughter. So now this daughter had been traded to these people in the city who, for quite a while, uh, they owned a bar. And at the back of the bar, they had a, a couple of rooms. 
And they kept this poor girl locked up in these rooms, and they would uh, rent her out, if you will, as a prostitute. This little girl who had no language, couldn't communicate her situation with anyone, even if she tried to, if she was able to escape, who would she go to? How would she tell them what was happening? And so she endured. And by the Lord's providence, and you'll see why, uh, amazing to think this, but she ends up pregnant. To which the family says, we've got to take her down to the clinic to get an abortion. They take her to the clinic and she becomes erratic. She, she, they're having a difficult time communicating and in comes our friend, the widow, who happened to be there at the right time, who has been made aware as an Ethiopian of deaf ministry, the things we were doing within the city, and uh, somehow convinces this family to let her take in the little girl. Bring in the little girl. We arrive for dinner. And she says, "Jr., I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to do. And to be honest, uh, we didn't really know either. I mean, this wasn't just your everyday deaf Ethiopian. This was a girl who's been deprived of language for years. How do you, how do you think? How do you dream? How do you share? You can't communicate. What is it like for a person with no language? So she says, she's right in there in the living room, the compound they were in. So we walked through the courtyard and we turned into the living room. And I was the first person to walk in. And I remember this like it was yesterday. I mean, just the whole scene. I walk in, she looks up from where she's sitting, she sees me, her eyes get real big, almost like this look of fear, but it was something she was used to. So her eyes get real big, she turns around, and she lays down on the sofa. And I remember thinking, this poor, this poor kid who's been traumatized, and she can't tell anyone. So what does she do with the first male she sees that walks into the room where she's all alone? She turns around and lays down. And of course we were frantic, pulling her up. How do you communicate? No, that's not why we're here. No, that's not what we've come for. No, this is not what's going to happen to you tonight. The, the process of just trying to get her to sit up and have a meal with us. I mean, it was, it was a very difficult, difficult experience. But over the next few months, we began teaching her Ethiopian Sign Language and engaging with her, and we began to see her flourish. But you see, her situation is, is sadly not, not unique. There are deaf people all over the world who can't tell anyone. And I, and I think back also to when we had the time to speak with Marshall, uh, this, this, this child who wouldn't pray until they saw a video of a, a little deaf, a deaf child praying and they thought, well, Jesus does know sign language. 
God does know sign language. I can communicate with him. I may not be able to communicate with those people and tell them what's happened to me, but I can communicate with God. I can talk with him. I can tell him my pain, my struggles, my frustrations. He is here for me, fearfully and wonderfully made. The joy, the joy that fills my heart, even in the even in the the anger and the frustration of seeing what they go through, the joy when we see one deaf person after another finally have access to some scripture in their sign language, to some scripture where they can see God say, I foreknew you before the foundation of the world. I've called you, I've chosen you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So they can know that this deafness they have is not some curse byproduct of the fallenness of man, but as part of his purpose, his plan. They can see that for themselves in, the, in a Bible in their language. And the joy that comes from that washes away all frustration and it takes that away we can we see life after life being radically transformed by God's word because they can see it and they're able to say amen that the Lord truly is a sun and shield we feel the warmth from the sun it lights our way he protects us he bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And as a deaf person, I can truly walk uprightly. I can follow his word. We can be faithful to him because he is ours. He is with us. We are his. He is ours and we are his. This is the personal connection God wants with each of us. He craves it. How do we know this? Because God has given us his word on it, the Bible. It's the greatest earthly treasure humankind has ever been given. And yet there are millions of deaf people in the world who have yet to see this treasure in their own amazing signed language. Today, the technology to do this is available almost every place on the planet. But the work needed to faithfully translate his word into the 400 distinct sign languages of the world, well, now that's a huge undertaking. So large, in fact, that to this date, there is not one full translation of the Bible into any signed language for the deaf. That's why Deaf Bible Society and its partners around the world are working day and night to make that happen. But they need your help, too. Please, won't you go to GodSigns.com and make a contribution to this great need? GodSigns.com. Each gift, large and small, is vitally needed today. Be a part of this great outreach at GodSigns.com. Thank you. Now here's Jr. to complete his journey for today. How about you? What have you been through? You know, it really is something that is oftentimes easier said than done. To be able to say, yeah, he has purpose 
and the experiences we go, go through and the experiences we've had and the pain and the trials. It's really hard to live through them. But be encouraged that he really does have purpose. As I often say, you know, we talk about being refined in the fire, the refiner's fire. And so many times we forget that fire is hot. The refining process is not easy. But God has purpose. And the experiences that I had, being a hearing child to deaf parents, the frustrations, the challenges, he was shaping me and preparing me for future ministry, for a plan that he had. And that plan could have simply been that I get to meet many wonderful deaf people on the street as I go through my life. And I have the opportunity to share Christ with them. It could also be where he has me today with the, the Ministry of Deaf Bible Society. For you, your life, your family, your church, how has he been refining you? I would encourage you to pray and, and, and seek the Lord and say, Lord, how might I be of service to you today? Because the things that he's taken you through, the journey that he's taken through you, you through is for a reason. It has purpose. Because his plan is that his name would be made great among the nations. And he intends to use people to do that. See, he is doing that. Not only through deaf people all around the world. Not only through me. But through you. He has a plan. He has a plan with you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he will accomplish it. So whether you're listening right now on the radio or whether you found us online, know that he has purpose. Give yourself to him. And join us. Join us in this mission of making his name great among the deaf nations of the world so that these people who many still do not have access to a Bible in their sign language. Well, one day we will be able to rejoice. You and I together will be able to rejoice as we stand before the throne and look to our left and to our right and see a deaf person from every sign language in the world. And, and we can just shout hallelujah that God made himself known to them. And remember the plan. He intends to use you. So I encourage you, would you text PRAY to 444-999 and join us as we pray every week for the needs of deaf people around the world. And remember, if you have friends and family members uh, or know someone who is deaf, send them to GodSigns.com and they can watch this entire program in American Sign Language so that they too can be encouraged of what God is doing in the lives of people just like them. And don't forget, he is a sun, he is a shield. May your path be made known, may it be made clear in his light. May you know you're protected and that he does give you favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Thank you. Thank you, JR. And thank you for listening.
We hope you found this broadcast informative and encouraging. If so, please drop us a note or email and let us know. Remember to tell your friends to listen as well. Oh, and if you know anyone who's deaf, please let them know that they can see each of our radio programs translated into American Sign Language at our website, godsigns.com. Once again, that's godsigns.com. God Signs is an outreach ministry of Deaf Bible Society of Arlington, Texas. Until next week, God bless you. This broadcast informative and encouraging. If so, please drop us a note or email and let us know. Remember to tell your friends to listen as well. Oh, and if you know anyone who's deaf, please let them know that they can see each of our radio programs translated into American Sign Language at our website, godsigns.com. Once again, that's godsigns.com. God Signs is an outreach ministry of Deaf Bible Society of Arlington, Texas. Until next week, God bless you.